0: Glory to God. I don't want to waste any more time. Maurice's time is going to be good. Maurice Cabaret, glory to
1: God. Good morning. How y'all doing? Good
0: morning.
1: So, see if I can bring this up. Well, I got to tell you, I love Gary. Gary, he was a sweet guy. Loved sweet spirit. And he, he struggled with some things. But he knew the Lord. And I just, I loved him to death. I know you're going to miss it. Anyway, we're going to talk about something this morning that I think is an interesting topic. And I'll tell you why it's interesting. It is uh, something that is going on in the world today with social media is a lot of pugnificating about all kinds of different things that are going on in life. There's a a lot of things happening and a lot of judgments being made about what's happening. And it's causing people to think about life. And actually, it's even though plenty of that stuff might be bad, it's not bad that they're thinking about life and considering life. But there's a lot of voices out there speaking many things about what's going on in life. And one of the big things i got to tell you they have they have a guy that is uh that is out there on social media and other forms of media uh Jordan Peterson, who is a i like i really like this guy he's a very logical thinker, he's very intelligent, great communicator and he and he's a psychologist, but he he's not like uh, just the psychologist. He's actually kind of like a philosopher. He may not call himself that, but he is somewhat of a philosopher. And I like the guy. And a lot of people. There's a lot of attention going toward him because he uh, is such a logical thinker, and he reasons about things. So I'm looking at all this stuff, and I'm thinking to myself what do the scriptures say about philosophy in relation to the lord and w- in in the faith that we know you know so we gonna have a little fun today because we're going we're to look at that topic and uh i think you're going to find it interesting but in the midst of everything i was doing preparing for today i was uh i was contemplating what I was going to talk about and I started having this this feeling of like thankfulness and I said you know what that's when I'm gonna pray before I get started I'm gonna pray about how thankful I am about life and uh but as I was doing that I thought to myself I'm never gonna remember what I am thinking right now So I actually wrote it down. I wrote my thoughts down. So this is not a prayer. I'm going to read to you what my thoughts are. And we're going to treat it as if it were a prayer. This is what I, I thought. I said, Lord, I'm so thankful that there is a life that can be had. That we can actually have a life a life which there that which in that life there is a well of wisdom and understanding and truth and glory and honor and love a place or a life in which humility and unity Can actually exist. A life that we can walk through and not be constantly making judgments about other people, that we can be satisfied with ourselves and just enjoy that glorious life that He has given us. And I'm thankful for the relationship that I have with the Lord and that we all have with the Lord. A relationship where we are called his sons and daughters whom he loves and wants for us to possess everything that we need for life and godliness I'm thankful for that perfect life and the reality that that life is not sourced in me or in some philosophy that I have in my mind that this is actually a real life that can be experienced yeah I gotta tell you there's no better life than the life that comes to us from God now that's how I feel about the Lord <laughs> what he's done for me and I'm thankful for it so let's talk about for a moment about philosophy what What is philosophy by the way y'all are welcome to join in and speak up anytime you might want to speak up okay we got a mic mic there Uh, what what is philosophy does anybody have any thoughts about that I can tell you according to the Oxford Language Dictionary philosophy is the study of the fundamental nature of knowledge reality existence especially when considered as an academic discipline in other words it's in a, in an academic fashion or academic study considering life considering knowledge reality existence it in 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 trying to explain that in a fashion that you can communicate to other people matter of fact when the word philosopher that that toward the end of that word fur is an agent or, or a bearer of so a philosopher is a bearer of that knowledge of that understanding so if you want to know after my going through all this, what my definition is it is considering life and existence according to one's own learning and experience and hypothesizing the meaning and the purpose of that existence to an end. And to the end, that, that life or that existence might be better, you, that you'd have a better existence after considering it and hypothesizing about that life so that's what what it really is but you know what the etymology now you know there's a definition to a word and then there is a etymology of a word what does that word actually mean you know what it means philosophy is the love of wisdom philosophy is the love of wisdom that's not the definition of. It. That's what that word means. Isn't that interesting? Now, what is human wisdom? Okay, so if philosophy is the love of wisdom, what is human? Uh, what is human wisdom? It is the ability to discern a life situation and rightly reason about it. And rightly respond to it. <coughs> Somebody that has wisdom can deal with diverse things, can see those things, see a problem that exists, and rightly reason about what that problem is and rightly respond to it. That's what having wisdom is, it is having that ability to do that. Now, based on all this. I want you to realize we all philosophize about many things to one degree or another I got to congratulate you all you're all philosophers <laughs> you realize it right so what I'm talking about is not like bashing philosophy because we all philosophize about many things in life but it's we're going to look at look deeper into this this issue now when it comes to religious philosophy the lord jesus christ the one we believe in is not an idea He's not a concept he's not uh, he's not something external to us that that's God over there and we worship him because somebody told us that's God and if you do things for this God you will have a good life if you don't do things for that God over there you're not gonna have a good life if you do things for him maybe you go to heaven if you don't do those things maybe you won't go to heaven that's not who the lord is jesus is the life of god it it is god himself personified and as we go through this we're going to see how this begins to interface with uh with uh philosophy you know some people love math actually i hate math and i'm no good at it but there there the, the diversity of people that we we encounter and deal with every day it's just it's astounding you know some people love art and poetry some gravitate to more factual information some people are Physically beautiful, and some people, like me, and George, <laughs> the beautiful people, and some people are actually not so beautiful. Some people are intellectually brilliant; some are dumb as all get out. Kind of—that's like, kind of like me and George, right? <laughs> uh, some are wired to be engineers and lawyers and doctors; others psychologists teachers artists i mean there's this diversity of interest in and in, in people so it, it it really is kind of a, a a beautiful collage of humanity that we deal with every day with this in mind i'd like to read a scripture listen to this this is jesus speaking and from Matthew chapter 7 verse uh, 24 he says this whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth or when, when he says doeth he means or abides in and agrees upon okay and doeth them is like a man a wise man Who builds his house upon a rock? The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, but it fell not, for it was founded on a rock. So, those who hear Jesus' word and abide in that word is like a person who builds his house on a rock. The winds came, the rains blow, the flood came But the house remained. However, everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man who built his house upon sand. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall. there is a word or a saying a truth a wisdom so to say a, a kind of a, a God philosophy that is found in Jesus that is likened to establishing for yourself a foundation for life that all these diverse lives we were talking about can be built upon and those lives will be firmly rooted in a and established in that in that rock. y'all have any thoughts about that not really i can tell you there are two basic uh approaches to life that exist. one of them is rooted in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil it is a belief system so to say where we believe that we think we know right from wrong so when we see all these life's situations coming toward us we judge it either good or evil and we say well you know what we're going to do the good thing and we we do it that way and we don't do the bad thing okay and there is an issue with that approach to life by the way the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and a life that is based on the, the the knowledge of good and evil that is that shifting sand. that is the building of a house On a foundation made of sand that's what that's exactly what it is because there is no uh, stability in that type of thinking and there's no unity you know the things I talked about earlier the unity the love the assurance the the goodness because your knowledge of good and evil and this ladies Knowledge of good and evil can be opposed to one another What happens then Factions disunity fights wars everything you can imagine When you have your life built on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil Believing that you know the right from the wrong the good from the evil and you're going to pursue life in that way it only leads to enmity and death and that is the way that most people live their lives and it is the foundation of most earthly philosophy so the reasoning process becomes this we see things happening around us we make judgments about it we determine what is the right way and the wrong way we choose a particular way but because we are such diverse human beings it has us pitted against everybody else in our lives you see how that happens but there is another wisdom And I want you to consider this wisdom as I read through these scriptures this is from first Corinthians chapter 1 verse 19 Paul writes this he says for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolish but to to we who are saved it is the power of God so the preaching of the cross what happened in the cross what that cross means to those who are perishing those who are building their life uh, based on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that shifting sand to them the preaching of the cross is foolishness that's pretty easy to understand for it is written I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath God have not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after the wisdom of God, the world, by its wisdom, knew not God. It was pleased, it pleased God by the foolishness of what is preached to, to save them that believe. For Jews require a sign and Greeks desire wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Now, we're going to read a little bit more, but I have to ask, how do we find Christ? as he said but but to we who are called both Jew in and, in and, and Greek Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God how do we how do how is that how is Christ the power and the wisdom of God because there is a life that is found in him that we can establish our lives on a, a resurrected life that is found in him that we can actually build our life on because the foolishness of god is wiser than men and the weakness of god is stronger than men for you see your calling brethren um not many of you were wise after the flesh kind of like me and george early on you know we'd we the dumb ones, you know Not many of you were wise. Not many of you were were noble who were called. But God chose the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. The base things of the world, the things that are despised, have God chosen. Yea, and these things which are not to bring to naught things at all, he took regular everyday people like us to and exalted us above all the wise men all the scholars all the philosophers that exist by giving us the life which is from above the eternal life of God in which has found all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge he gave that life to us and his and he has exalted us above all the wisdom that is contained in this world because in that life is everything you need all life and godliness now it is a because it is of him that you in Christ Who God made unto us wisdom and righteousness, our He made unto us wisdom, and righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. That is as it is written. uh, That is it is as it is written. He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Now listen to that. Listen what he says there. He says, but of it is of Him that you are in christ jesus who who was made unto us wisdom and righteousness sanctification and redemption so who are we we are have been provided wisdom we have been provided righteousness we have been provided sanctification and we have been redeemed so what else might we need? If you have those things, what do you, what else do you think you could possibly need? Nothing. Nothing. Thank you. Nothing.
0: The question, though, is yes. And I'm not asking you to answer. I think the thing people grapple with is not just what you said. Is it true? But how does that look in my life? I think people struggle to understand how that meets their needs.
1: Yes. Well, guess what? We are headed in that direction. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. So, you want to see the the next line in my notes. So this is the big question. How does all this this wisdom from God interface with real everyday life? Now, good question. I think so. Good question. Now listen this i've got to tell you and i may may be disappointing to you but i'm going to share this with you god is not going to give you a philosophy related to politics he is not going to do that the lord don't care about politics i know everybody thinks you know donald trump is like a a saint and you know he's going (laughs) to save the world or maybe joe biden maybe some people think that but listen they are not the saints they are not going to save the world and who you vote for the lord does not care <laughs> he, he does not care who you're going to vote for he is not going to tell you exactly how to deal with a relationship now you now listen i'm going to say so you think well wait a minute now isn't god Hidden relationships important to God and they are but I'm going to tell you what God is not going to do he is not going to tell you what to do in regard to any particular relationship or a thousand relationships all the relationships with the people around you he's not going to tell you what to do I, I hate to tell you that but that's not how God works he's not going to tell you how to be an engineer or an artist He's just not going to do these things. It is simply not what God is all about. But listen and listen carefully because this is this is critical. The love of God that is in him will indelibly affect every aspect of your life. How you view life how you view the relationships in your life, how you prosecute your business. Everything in life is indelibly affected by the love of God that is found in Jesus Christ. Your personal approach to every specific instance will be affected by it. God. The love of God will be intricately woven into all your reasonings, your personal activities, and your personal life's philosophies about everything. What what God gives to us is His love, and when you have that love, it it affects everything. In life does that make sense to you well yeah I gotta tell you you know when you think about it uh life is very complicated for somebody to think that you know oh you know if you look at your life and you look at your experiences and you look at your relationships you're going to see this is a very complicated thing and you know I, i've heard people talk and say well you know the lord is going to show you what to do the lord's going to tell you what to do and i gotta tell you something I, as i walk through my life in in this this intricate life this diverse life the lord has not really told me how to deal with every situation he has but i can tell you this the love that he put in my heart Has affected every relationship, every response, every word that comes out of my mouth is affected by him, and that is true of all of us to to one to one degree or another. But Paul said, "Where is the philosopher?" It it seemed like he was. Opposed to philosophy And I'm sharing with you That the How did we say it earlier How does this deal with everyday life I'm saying It It has More power To affect Your life And the activities of your life Than than God sent Can you imagine this So you got all these things going on and you run into a problem, and you bow your head and you say, Lord, show me how to deal with this. And I'm not saying God can't show you how to deal with a particular thing, but it's not how He works in general. And low and bold, He shows you how to deal with that, right? But what about the 5,000 other things that you're dealing with? Do you understand what I'm saying? So if God were in a business, of telling you specifically what to do in all these different situations telling you what to do and you you just did what he told you to do he he doesn't work like that he provides for us a spirit of truth and love and wisdom and knowledge and understanding whereby as we walk through this life that love that wisdom is issued from us and he he causes life to then work now listen to this scripture then certain scribes and pharisees answered jesus and said master can we see a sign from thee? But he answered unto them An evil, adulterous nation seeks after a sign, and no sign shall be given except that of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, so the Son of Man shall be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise in judgment to this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah and behold one greater than Jonah is here the Queen of the South shall rise up or that's the Queen of Sheba okay the Queen of the South shall rise up in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it for she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and behold a greater than Solomon is here so what made Jesus greater than Solomon I'm gonna wait for an answer from somebody on this what made let's y'all remember Solomon he wrote the book of Proverbs which is filled with Jesus is the book of Proverbs. You're right. But it's filled with wisdom. God gave Solomon a heart of wisdom through which he penned the book of Proverbs. So the Jews look at the book of Proverbs and they say, Man, there's wisdom in there. They and they esteemed Jonah. I mean, not Jonah, but uh solomon they esteemed him as being wise but jesus said someone greater than solomon is here how was he greater than solomon
0: he didn't have all those foreign wives
1: (laughs) no that was just not not smart on his part he was wise he wasn't too smart in regard to the white white folks. What made Jesus greater than Solomon? What Solomon did in penning the things that the Lord had shown to him? Jesus has the power and the ability to establish what was being spoken of in the book of Proverbs in our hearts. So he is far greater than Solomon, who wrote a book. In that, this guy, Jesus, has power to put the wisdom and the life of God inside of us. Does that make sense to you? That makes him far greater than Solomon. But they could not see that. You know, I'm going to tell you all a little story about my own father. My dad did not have a philosophy on how to raise his children. Like he, and And he didn't have a philosophy that he taught me about how to live my life. He didn't do it. You know what he did? He got up every morning and he went to work and i watched him get up every morning and go to work and provide for his family and in that whole process being with us and being in our home and everything i observed my father's life i just watched what he did and as time went on you know in this this the history of his life he uh, he allowed me to join in with him he did stuff and he said you want to go do this with me and i said okay dad i'll go do it with you i mean from when i was a kid till when i was an adult and i actually worked with my dad for a short period of time he allowed me to observe his life and join myself into his life now i gotta tell you something if he was smart enough and wise enough to know that that was the perfect way to raise his son i would say my dad was a very wise man which i I do believe he was a wise man but if he would if if he would have like planned it to be that way i'd say man he was wise because he didn't try to fashion my life or to make it the way he wanted it to be or the way he thought it should be. He just allowed me. To observe his life and to join myself into it and I became like my daddy. And I'm going to tell you it's kind of how the Lord works with us. He allows us to see his life the 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 cross is foolishness to the world but to us we see in his life death and resurrection that there is a life that he came to bestow upon us that we might have and possess that life so we saw his life and he allowed us to join ourselves into that life Now, that is the wisdom of God, and I'm thankful for the day I had, but I'm, I'm like doubly thankful for the fact that that's how the Lord revealed himself to us by allowing us to see him and to, for us to join ourselves with that life. Now, this is gonna be the next interesting thing I'm gonna introduce. That is the end of my notes. So with that in mind, what y'all want to talk about? Sound like me. It It, It does sound like you. Matter of fact, you can participate with us but what, what are y'all what are y'all's thoughts about what I what I just discussed I mean do you see the difference between man's wisdom believing that look I know right from wrong good from evil and I'm going to choose the right not do it wrong and you, you develop this life philosophy of this is the way right <laughs> in your mind you think this is the way but I'm going to tell you something. Your way, first of all, is not going to give you eternal life. Your way is not going to raise you up from the dead. And there's someone over here who has another philosophy. There are as many philosophies in life as there are people. Don't think that, like all the Baptists, believe the same way, because they don't, or all the Pentecostals, all the Church of Christ. They know everybody is an individual everybody has their own personal philosophy about life but there's only one philosophy that will raise you from the dead and that's it it's not a philosophy it's a reality it's a truth that Jesus came to give us his life and when you have that life you have everything you have eternal life eternal one lives inside of you and that life that love is what begins to energize your life the uh
0: the first um line of webster's definition of philosophy did you read webster's definition of philosophy when i was out of the room
1: no i didn't the
0: first line of it this is this is interesting literally the love of wisdom
1: Oh yeah that well that's that, right i did i did talk did about that the, out there. yeah the etymology of the word is is the love of wisdom philo uh, uh philo and Safi is wisdom
0: okay yeah so i missed that. So that, that, is, the, that what what do you think makes a person love wisdom like what do you think makes a person even want to philosophize why do they even why are people even desirous of wisdom?
1: Well, I can tell you that we innately are, are looking for, uh, we're looking for, I, I would say two things. We're, we're looking for uh, a better life in, in this existence, we're, we're looking for a life that we can feel comfortable with and, and, and happy in, okay? but but there's an another side of all of this that is a a little on the subconscious part we're all looking for life in general in other words everybody knows that eventually we're gonna this life is short and we're gonna die one day and the reality of our mortality affects our disposition as we walk through this life even if it is kind of like on a subconscious level that that desire to have a life uh exists a matter of fact when you look at uh you know like the fact that we want to go to mars and we uh you know exploration and finding out uh Things about the universe, how it was created, when it was created, all of this is is like reaching out, looking out somehow or another to derive and attain an understanding of life that can. Potentially prolong our life, all of the medical research, you know, exercise programs, diets, everything that we do is designed around prolonging and bettering our life physically that we know one day is going to end so there's this subconscious thing that's going on in, in society where we know we're mortal, we know that we're temporal and we are looking for actually looking for eternal life but we don't know we don't understand so that is why we begin to cognificate and 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 pursue an understanding about about life
0: so would you say that's why people love wisdom because even for there to be a word philosophy yeah and to come from somebody loving the love of wisdom yeah would you say the reason why people even love wisdom is because they're seeking life
1: there there there's first of all i would say that there's no question that is why they are pursuant of wisdom. And what you, is it the Lord said, the thing that you give yourself over to, that is what you, uh, that's what you love, or that's what you attach yourself to. Somehow or another, he said that. I'm not sure exactly what words. It was either him, Paul, or whatever it is. But what you pursue is what you love. And listen, when you're pursuant for life, when you're pursuant of eternal life, even if you don't realize that's what you're looking for, that that becomes your love. Matter of fact, that's why philosophy. Once you come to know the Lord, your gravitation toward philosophy for life should be put aside because once you have the life, you don't need a philosophy. Listen, if you walking around, which with, by the way, let me go back to, let me go back to what what I started out with here. If you're walking around with uh, what I was saying, I was so thankful for earlier with wisdom and understanding and truth and honor and glory and humility and a, a desire to have unity with the people around you, walking around not judging people good or evil but actually seeing their value if you walking around uh in a in a life where you you have a heart and a mind to actually discern things properly you know knowing that you are the child of god his sons and daughters those who he deeply loves uh in possessing everything you need for life and godliness if you have that kind of life what philosophy do you need really what kind of philosophy do you need that can supplant or surpass that type of life it just can't it it can't be had
0: wouldn't you then become lovers of that life
1: now that, that satisfy love absolutely and wisdom. by the way listen Jesus is the wisdom of God so to say wisdom is not good, is a bad thing is not a bad thing and listen it's not a bad thing to have wisdom about how to be a doctor or how to be a good doctor or how to be an artist or how to be a a, a plumber or whatever if people have all these different occupations and they have a certain certain philosophies and ideas and ways of dealing with these things but what makes you a more functional person in these endeavors is to, is to have that life that you have and that you're developing in this world even founded on a rock and that rock is that you have everything you need for life and god you have eternal life Man, I, I tell you what, one thing, just one thing. If you walked around and what was like in your heart and in your mind was just this one thing Jesus has given me his eternal life. And you walk around and acknowledge and knowing you are never going to die. Your body may go to be the break, but to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You are never going to die. Nothing can take this life away. from you, And the God who loves you desires for you to have that life. Listen, you're going to be walking around in a very victorious life. And it doesn't matter whether you have a lot of stuff or very little stuff. You're going to have a victorious life because that is what your life is founded on. Now, so we're going to go somewhere and look at something else. So, because I ran out of notes, we're going to look at another another scripture here. Now, listen to what, so the Galatians knew this. They Everything I'm telling you about this life that the Lord's given us, they knew it. But then they began to look in other directions for their life, not onto the cross. And what the cross means to us, that he's given us eternal life. He, man, so before we get into this, let's just talk about, for one second again, what exactly it is that the Lord has gifted us with what has he given us eternal life we talked about that he's given us his eternal life what else has he given us Our righteousness righteousness in other words he has revealed us to be who we were meant to be the righteousness of him we were created in his likeness in in his righteousness and he has revealed us to be who we were meant to be so we are as we should be that is what it means to be righteous you are as you were meant to be so he has given us his righteousness what else has he given us listen you know in religion sin is a big deal in in, in just about every christian religion muslim religion you, what a Jewish religion sin is a big deal but you know what the scriptures say that Jesus did for us in regard to our sin what did he do he has purged us from all sin right so we've been shown to be as we should be we've been given eternal life he has purged us from all sin and he Not only do we just have eternal life, but we actually have a life in which there is no sin. So when you become one with the Lord, when you read John chapter 17, that's exactly why it came into the world, that we may be one with him even as he is with the Father. So when his spirit and your spirit are co-joined, His life is actually now your life. And what he says is when he returns, Christ, who is your life, when he returns, you will appear with him in glory. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you will appear with him in glory. And why is that? Because his glorious life is your life. Not later, right now listen we got everything but the Galatians they started doubting that so listen to what we're gonna go let's let's just step back this is from so Peter kind of got distracted from the truth might I say and this is what began to happen it says when Cephas came to Antioch Cephas being Paul however I opposed to him to his face because he stood to be condemned not condemned to death or to to, uh to hell or anything like that he's he he needed to be corrected from his thinking for before certain men came from James he used to eat with the gentiles but when they arrived he began to draw back and separate himself for fear of those in the circumcision group who was the circumcision group the circumcision group was a group that had a, a philosophy that you needed to not only believe in jesus for the life that he came to give you well i don't know if they even realize that to be honest with you you don't not not only need to believe in jesus but you also have to follow the jewish laws so the other jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy even barnabas was led astray When I saw that they were not walking in line with the truth of the gospel I said to Peter in front of them all you are a Jew yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew how can you then compel the Gentiles to live like a Jew so you see he he was standing Peter the rock you know was was standing on a rock he knew where his life came from and then he began to be swayed by the, these people who crept into the church uh, that the, called the circumcision group trying to say yes you have to believe in Jesus but also obey the law of Moses so if you obey the law of Moses which seems reasonable to most people you know I believe you believe in Jesus and obey the law well This was an important thing for Paul to address so he says this we who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners know that a man is not justified by the works of the law but by faith in Christ Jesus so we too have believed in Christ that we might be justified through faith in Christ and not by the works of the law because by the works of the law no one will be justified now what does it mean to be justified let's so what does it mean to be justified validated. i'm sorry validated. i'm validated that's that that that's a that's a a good way to put it to be justified is to be we i tell you how we're we going to do a really good job. I'm going to tell you exactly what it means to be justified. Because I'm going to look it up in the Greek. All right. To justify, to be justified, is to be rendered or shown as just or innocent, free, and Righteous. So to be justified would be to be rendered and shown as innocent. So the Jews were saying, no, the way you're gonna be shown as innocent is by keeping the commandments. And Paul said, no, there's only one way to be justified before God, and that's through the faith of Christ. He is the one who has declared you to be innocent Before him in law Jesus revealed to us from the cross that we are innocent before him in law knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law but by the faith of Christ even we have believed in Jesus that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified but if we while we seek to be justified by Christ find ourselves sinners is Christ therefore the minister of sin God forbid so what is Paul saying here he's saying if I believe that I am justified before God and somehow or another what emanates from this person is sinful in nature that would mean that Christ is the minister of sin because I believe that I am purged from my sin and right before God in love through through faith in Jesus Christ so if what emanates from this person who believes that is sin then Christ would be the minister of sin you know Paul says that God forbid, that's not listen. coming to believe by faith that you have been purged from your sin and that you are you stand before him innocent in love, that is gonna work nothing but goodness and love out of your heart and in your life. So, for if I now this is what what Paul goes on to say he says, But if I rebuild what I destroy, I make myself a transgressor. So what was Paul? What was Paul saying? If I rebuild what I'm destroying, what did he mean by that? Greg, yeah, did you catch what I asked there? He, where Paul said in Galatians. Oh no, I was thinking. Oh, you were looking at something else. If I rebuild, what I destroy. Basically, what he's saying is this: the whole Jewish structure. Now, this isn't what the scriptures were really communicating to us, but the whole Jewish structure, the Jewish religion, was all based around the law. If you obedience to the law or not obedience to the law, that's what it was all about, and that's a, what a lot of religions based on. But Paul set about to destroy that system, that belief system, that righteousness is attained through the works of man's flesh and, and through obedience to the law. He said he was, he set about to destroy that as a means to righteousness. So he said that if he went back to that way to say and relented and say, yeah, well, maybe you're right. Maybe we still need to obey the 10 commandments and uh and believe on jesus too like plenty of christian religions today say we've got to do that he said if i rebuild that i make myself a transgressor for i through the law am dead to the law that i might live unto god so watch this here we are walking through life knowing the Lord and I know this that my ability to obey the law doesn't exist heck I can't I'm trying to lose five pounds I can't even stay on a diet Mm -hmm. much less obey all God's laws in order to attain the righteousness that he requires okay so I am dead to that system of righteousness and alive to God. Now, I can tell you that's where everybody wants to be. For well, I, through the law, am dead to the law that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself. Of so, do you hear where I'm coming from?
0: you think it's easier to easier to live by the law the younger you are? Because it's easier to keep the weight off when you're younger. <laughs> it, it's, it's possible.
1: You know what it is? I never even thought about my weight when I was young, and I looked good.
0: Well, I was I was stuck. Uh, thinking about the Romans three twenty that you read. Yeah. Um, and I just thought it was interesting that it says, therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. And I just thought it was an interesting play on words. He doesn't say no person. Mm-hmm. He says no flesh. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought that was, it was an interesting way to make that statement. Right right absolutely
1: thinking on
0: what it would look like for someone's flesh to be justified because I don't think people really look at it like that they you know it's
1: interesting how how, uh was it Paul said flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of God did Paul say that yeah flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of God now what he means by that is is this that our innate ability within ourselves to attain the kingdom of God is non-existent we cannot become as God or like God or emulate God or imitate God we we have no capacity in our flesh to be able to do that so no flesh could possibly be justified according to some principles or laws whether it's the law of Moses or some other religious principles there's no way we could justify ourselves before God through the power of of the flesh so it we are justified but it, it is not uh through the power of the flesh it's through the faith of him the through the love Perfect example of this is the thief on the cross. Oh my like, God! What what an unbelievable look! You want to you want to picture yourself? You can picture yourself as, as Jesus on the cross, and you can kind of do that. You can very well do that. But where you really want to picture yourself is that thief on the cross. He had he had no capacity whatsoever to save himself from the death that he was facing. He had no capacity to do anything righteous. You know, people say, well, you know, he repented when he was on a cross because he said we deserve the things we're getting, but that man didn't do anything. But that's not really what he was doing. That guy was just recognizing his uh, lack of capacity to do anything in 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 the reality that his li- his life was getting what it a man reaps what he sows he was reaping what he sowed that's all he was communicating but he looks over at jesus and sees the love of jesus pouring out to his tormentors and he says he looks at that by the way at, at some point in that scenario it said both of the thieves were hurling abuses at him but as that scenario mm-hmm. developed this other guy changed his mind now one minute he's cursing him and saying come down from the cross you know like the other ones and then somewhere down the line he changes his mind he sees his love pouring out of toward his tormentors and the forgiveness going out toward his tormentors. And he says Lord remember me when you come to your kingdom and Jesus looks at him and says this day you will be with me in paradise what did he do did he obey the Ten Commandments well how could he not go to heaven if he he didn't obey the Ten Commandments did he do the Lord's Supper did he uh, get baptized he didn't get baptized Well, how in the world can that guy go to heaven he saw something in jesus that he wanted that's what the crucifixion did to him that the world did to him put him on the cross and he saw the peace that was in him yeah and that's what he wanted that's right that's well said
0: i think he was younger than the age of accountability
1: that's why maybe not oh my lord
0: i know no but the, the, the thought that i the reason why i was focusing on that verse is because that's an interesting use of words that certainly we can say many things about that would all be true but it's a very interesting use of words he didn't say by the deeds of the law shall no person be justified he said by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified yes so the immediate question I think of, because we tend to, to, to get personal, but what will validate my person? Right. And it, it can even end up with this narcissistic kind of view where you're always seeking validation for your person. Yeah. Right? But he says flesh. So what would it look like for my flesh to be justified? What does that look like? What did it look like for Jesus's flesh to be justified? And so I was just twisting on that thought because I realized the, the only thing that could justify my flesh in the presence of God is for my flesh to be glorified with his life. Yeah. And if I see my flesh glorified with his life, then my heart will be blameless in the presence of the Lord. Right. My own heart won't condemn me. And I just think it's, it's powerful how Paul says that. We all know Paul's a tactician. Yeah. He, he's not just throwing words out willy-nilly. Nope. And I think it's so interesting that he says no flesh will be justified yeah. because he, he's trying to put the focus on the the flesh, the flesh. And, and and just the absurdity. Yeah. Because a lot of people think I can live good. A lot of people think I can do good. A lot of people think I can use my ability and I can gain a lot of good things in the world, and that's the evidence that that validates me. A lot of people think they can be validated by what they do in the world, by what they get in the world, by how they behave in the world, because it's a personal thing that they're connecting justification with. But how many people think they can glorify their flesh with God himself by anything they do or anything they accomplish or gain in the world? See, I think it it really highlights it and it it gets you kind of with tunnel vision.
1: Listen to this uh, scripture. It says... But if the spirit of him that was raised from the dead Jesus uh, dwelleth in you he that raised Jesus up from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you so the glorification of the flesh or of our bodies is something that is accomplished by him by this word that came from him saying let there be life and when 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 you believe on him for the life he puts his glory inside of you now our flesh is not yet glorified but one day it is going to be glorified and all by that spirit that dwells within us it's a good place to be yeah
0: uh- I like how he continues that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yeah. So, so many times, again, we relegate that to behavior and we get fixated on behavior through the knowledge of good evil, yeah. like you so beautifully said. Sure. And then we're all the time judging everything by behavior, our behavior, other people's behavior. Are they behaving the way we, we want them to behave? Am I behaving the way I think God wants me to behave? But Paul comes and makes the mark the glory of God yep. in the flesh,
1: yep.
0: right? And so I think a lot of people would come to the end of themselves easier and come to the end of what they think they can gain in the world or gain from the world if they sat with that thought. What is it that can glorify this flesh, right? Yep. It's not evil to have a job. It's great to work hard. Sure. It, it's not evil to have a house. It's, it's nice to have somewhere to live. It's not evil to have a car. It's nice to have a car. But none of those things can glorify my flesh. It's it's nice to to love people. It's nice to give your body to be burned for people. It's nice to give people money. It's nice to to be generous. None of those things can glorify my flesh with the glory of God. And I love how Paul uses the word because it's almost like it's so persuasive. Because it isolates the argument right because it, it it sounds wise to think like you said it sounds wise to think if i do these things that moses wrote down they're good things if i do those things it sounds smart that i would be validated or i would be justified if i live a good life it sounds like that would, sure. that would validate me but paul isolates the argument no, no, no. what it's about is what can glorify your flesh? Because when you stand in the presence of God, if you don't see in your flesh the same thing you see in his body, your heart is going to accuse you and blame you. So the question is, what can glorify your flesh? With God himself.
1: Right? Yep. And listen, this. Is, so Paul writes in another place. This is in uh, chapter 8 in Romans. It says... Uh, and the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now listen, to be a child of God does not mean that, you know, uh, yeah, we all children of God, you know, all children of God. No, the spirit itself that dwells within us testifies to our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ if so be we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together with him so just as Jesus went through this life came to an end and was glorified with the glory of God never not being a part of who of his life so we walk through this life so Just like he went through the sufferings of this life we go through the sufferings of this life having that glory within us and together with him we will also be glorified just as he has his glorified body our our bodies are going to be likened to his i like i like he goes on he says uh I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worth to compare with the glory that will be revealed in us for the earnest expectation of the creation waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God listen all creation you know what they what is waiting for all creation you know it's waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God for the creature or the creation itself Was subject to vanity or decay not willingly but by reason of him who had subjected it in hope because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God look when you're walking around in the glorious liberty by which he has glorified us. You are walking around in a state. That needs no philosophy. To justify it. Because you have the life. We can close with that. Let's pray. Hold
0: on. Hold on. Oh, Somebody asked the question. I'm just going to say. Oh, okay it. go uh, ahead. They, what does glory mean? In the context of this verse. Glory means the life of God the yeah. so glory of God is the life he has in itself. Um, so in the context of what Paul's talking about, all have fallen short of the glory of God. He's talking about the life of God. That's correct. Right? Which that, you could then build that out, and that life would sh- prove or show you forth to be his His children or his son or his daughter. Yeah. Right? Which would be his opinion of you that you come from his life so yes. anyway go
1: ahead okay we're going to close out let's pray father we thank you lord for the uh life that you've given us and lord uh or deeply deeply appreciative of the sacrifice that you uh you made coming to us uh, leaving uh your home in glory to uh, come down to this earth and to 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 struggle through this life as we struggle that you that we might become one with you and and be glorified with you also and lord right now we share that glory because it, your life your your spirit abides within us and that life will glorify our mortal bodies uh in in the days to come we love you we thank you for all these truths in jesus name Amen.